This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here and you are listening to the 44th edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast. And today's episode is different from pretty much everything we've done so far because for the first time ever for for this podcast I interviewed a representative of an audio technology company. So if you've been listening to us for for a while you know what kind of topics we usually cover and uh, it's it's everything about music business, music growth and marketing and promotion and so on. Uh, But um, uh, today we've got an interview with Stacy Dyer, a representative of Isotope, who many of you know really well. Uh, most probably you've used it at least once, uh, one of their products like Zone or iX, so in case uh, you produce uh, record music. And uh, uh, this interview is all about their new free application called Spire, which is essentially a four-track recorder, which is um, really easy to use, which I like because it told me to uh, test the application. So it's it's a bit different, uh, but it's really relevant, and I think that you enjoy it. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on, on this uh, direction, so uh, let me know what you think in the comments on SoundCloud or on iTunes. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, there there are still uh, tips on how you can use the app uh, to market your music, how to get noticed by Isotope even. So uh, without further ado, here is an interview with Stacy from Isotope, enjoy. Hello, Stacy, and it's uh, really great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. I appreciate it. I'm doing well. So, as always, as I always start the podcast, we've, can you just give a, a bit of an introduction to our listeners and um, tell us about your background and uh, a little bit on the company you're working in? Sure. So, I am the creative strategist for the Spire brand, which is one of many product offerings under the Isotope umbrella. And your listeners, I'm sure, would be very familiar with some of our products like RX, Ozone, Trash 2 is a big favorite of um, Trent Reznor. And what else do we have? Iris 2. There's a lot of products out there that Isotope has made over the years. So we're really well known for our technical in-the-box studio plugins as well as standalone applications. And Spire is a little bit new to the market. Spire is more of a low-barrier-to-entry four-track app recorder. And so I have the pleasure of focusing in on this brand and this product and working with musicians and helping DIY musicians really get started or even professional musicians that are looking for a quick and easy way to create a really great sounding demo. I spent the previous year as the product design director for all four business units at Isotope and then moved into this marketing role where I get to focus on one. So it's been a really, really exciting transition. Yeah, it's, it does sound exciting and uh, really cool about the app, obviously. So uh, this will be the focus of our conversation today. And so can you just maybe name who the app is for? So just in a very uh, quick and simple um, way, maybe for maybe you, you can mention even some of the other apps that musicians may be using. So it's maybe some sort of an alternative to, to what our listeners know already. Sure. So Spire is really built for performing musicians 
You can certainly use it as a field recorder, meaning that it has one audio track running, but Spire is a four track recorder. So some of your audience members out there might be familiar with propeller heads, figure or take. This doesn't have drum machine capabilities built in. It's more of a capturing tool. So our mantra for the app is really record, mix, share. So you have the ability to do visual mixing. I mean, we can talk about that XY pad later. And you can share with the world via text, email, or storage services like Dropbox or Google Drive. I'm trying to think of other things that are out there. There's literally, if you search for four-track recorder in the iTunes app store, you'll find one that's just called four-track. And then there's other tiny DAWs, digital audio workstations that exist as iPhone apps as well. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of, of finding you on, on the app store, so do you mind uh, spelling out the the URL to the website? Because, I mean, obviously there is a link in the show notes and it's possible to find you by the name on iTunes app store, for example. But it's not very easy to just find the app on Google as of now. So right. what's, what's the URL? The URL is madewithspire.com. So M-A-D-E-W-I-T-H. S as in Sam, P as in Paul, I, R as in Robert, E.com. And if you type in Spire Recorder into the iTunes store in the search bar, it should come right up. Excellent. Yeah, this is basically for everyone who's listening to this on the go, just so they can actually test it out while while listening to us. So really cool. And, and I have to tell you that for me, it's also really cool to now talk to you about these things because I think this is the first time we cover a not a marketing-related application. And with me being uh, not being a musician and producer myself and complete newbie here, <laughs> it will be an interesting <laughs> conversation. But uh, yeah, I may be asking some stupid questions to you, but hopefully the outcome will be interesting. And I. I think it will be. We, we've been um, demoing it a lot lately, and we recently showed it at Girls Rock Boston Camp. And the volunteers are older women from, you know, I think the, the youngest we can take in for volunteers is 18, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So 18 to 60s plus. And I had lots of those women say to me, well, I'm not really technical. I don't really know how to use it. It's like, that's the point. Don't worry about it. Just hit the red button and start recording. So I, your stupid questions are not going to be stupid, and they're totally welcome. And I have to say that the interface is really cool. So something that I pay a lot of attention to is the the user interface and the design and so on. So yeah, it's, it it seems very natural and and uh, kind of easy to understand at least what exactly is expected from you, which is already good. Yeah, and uh, you can actually, if you don't mind, you can get go straight into into covering some of the key features because I know there is uh, something particular that sets it apart from anything else available in the market. So what's so special in Spire? So Spire actually has a signal chain very similar to Ozone running in the background all the time. So what you're getting is sort of an instant mastering set of effects every single time you put audio into that app. So what we did was we have amazing audio engineers that work at Isotope, and they built an algorithm for the DSP to make it sound as best as possible, specifically to the iPhone microphones. So we understood their craptasticiness, and then we made it that much better. So for your listeners out there that are very familiar with Isotope products, you kind of have a little version of ozone in your pocket. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, yeah, sorry, sorry for interrupting. I just like the phrase. I'll, I'll put it in the 
Sorry, please <laughs> we like going. to say that yeah that it's like an audio engineer in your pocket <laughs> it's, it's great yeah so what makes this different than any other four track recorder app out there is they're not they don't have the isotope dsp that's running in the background that digital signal processing that's happening all the four track recorders out there you'd have to do, you know do a lot of editing afterwards whereas we have some noise reduction we've got compressors running there's a whole list of effects actually when you go to the iTunes page that'll tell you exactly what's in there. There's a limiter, all the things that you need to sort of remove the room noise and really draw in that focus to whatever audio is getting into that microphone. That's what's there to help you to make everything sound better. So for even for the electronic musicians, which I know comprise most of your audience, if they're working with live vocalists, or they're using live guitar, keyboards, piano, any of that live instrumentation, even if they're just tapping a beat on a desk, you're going to already hear the difference that Spire is going to bring as opposed to you just recording it on the voice recorder app that comes with the iPhone. Right. Yeah, I think you even have some demo on the website, like comparing with and without Spire, which is very yeah visual. So no Android app coming up soon? Not yet. Soon. Okay, we, we wanted. We wanted to do some initial learning with this app and really make sure that we're making the right product. So we started with just focusing on the iPhone and we've got all kinds of analytics running in the background to help tell us, you know, what are users getting the most out of? And I guess we should also mention that it's free. <laughs> yeah, by the way, we completely <laughs> forgot to mention that part because it, it's a good sell here. So it, it costs nothing to try it out and especially compared to the, all the premium products uh, that, that's available from Isotope. I mean, it's awesome and, and it's going to stay free in the uh, for the foreseeable future correct yeah good yeah that does sound good and so you just mentioned uh how it could be used and uh what i i liked how it could be used by an electronic music producer potentially for like drafting some ideas so do you have any other examples maybe real world examples of how the app has been used sure i will say right off the rip your best use of all four tracks you have that ability to go to a band practice or do a songwriting session, record what's happening in the room, and then take it home later that night or over the weekend or later that week and just start playing with additional ideas. You can add new tracks, you can remove them, you can mute them, you can harmonize against yourself. If you're a grammatic-like producer and you want to play around with adding in some sweet Motown guitar licks, you can just play over what you had written before and then text that to your other music producer friends or the label that you're working with. You could email directly. So it's a really nice way to act quickly and sort of turn around ideas just to show progress, as well as obviously, if you've got the ability to record four tracks, you can make a really nice demo, whether you're a live band or you want to sort of play out or in some of that electronic music. In addition to that, I'd say that the most common use case that we've found in some of our live bands that we've been talking to in customer interviews is that people are recording their full rehearsals. We've been talking to musicians that work with contract event situations. So they'll get hired to do a wedding, for example. And oftentimes they'll offer the bride the ability to do a new song that's not in their repertoire for the ceremony, for example. But the bride wants to hear what it's going to sound like from that band. So they have the ability to record it live at 
rehearsal, almost like a field recorder, but they know it's going to sound 10 times better and it can handle the loud guitar, it can handle the crunchiness and what would have already been clipping and phasing and all kinds of funky audio-ness happening and sound great and then kick it right over to the client immediately. Awesome. Yeah, that 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 sounds cool. And uh, something that I, I just uh, thought about, so uh, you mentioned that it works with the built-in microphone on iPhone, but do you recommend using uh, some, uh, you know, extra microphones that can be attached to a device? Yes, absolutely. We've been actually talking to Blue Microphones. We're working on developing a partnership plan, hopefully for the holiday. But in the meantime, we've been playing around with their Mikey, which is a small iPhone-specific or iPad-specific microphone that you plug right into where you would plug your charger into, as well as the Spark. And the Spark is much more of their classic, gorgeous designed, you know, has a mesh to hold the mic and make sure that there's no noise coming through if it's set on a table, et cetera. Really awesome option yeah, if yeah. you're recording on the fly. So yeah, any of those iPhone microphones that can get plugged in, even an iRig, if you're a guitar player, you could plug directly in and just record direct. Oh, cool. And yeah, Blue, I mean, I like the idea of partnering with them. So I, I use Snowball myself, which is not the mm. necessarily studio quality microphone, but really, I mean, I'm... Totally satisfied with with it for the podcast. By the way, on the first call where, uh, that we had with you, you even mentioned that I could potentially try Spy out for recording a podcast. So do you think it's something that I could actually try out? Like recording an audio like interview with someone, for example? Would it make any sense? Definitely. One of the things that I've been doing too, just as recording different types of sounds so people can hear the difference, It's in your pocket. It's free. It's small. It's light. It's not the size of a Tascam. It's not the size of a Zoom H6. You can still mix things down and play with your mic input levels. But as I was saying to you the first time we chatted, you know, if you go to different conferences, whether they're audio related, music related, we go to NAM every year. And sometimes you'll end up shaking hands with somebody that introduces you to this amazing person that you've been dying to get on the show. You can just pull out your phone, hit record the spire, and it will apply that same wonderful ozone technology to sort of remove the background noise. Because as we know, those conference room floors are so loud and you'll be able to get some really nice content. But then also, let's say you're working with an assistant or another producer, you can just email that track right over to them. So while you're only using one of the tracks, you'll have it. You can, you know, name interview with Stacy at NAM and ship it right over and you'll have it to pop into your conference recap or whatever the case may be. So it certainly does double as a great dialogue tool. Yeah, yeah, that sounds something that I'm going to try out and uh, the sharing functionality seems like something that makes a lot of sense for this particular app because it's yeah supposed to be easy to, to use uh, uh, the audio that you record and send it to your desktop or computer or whatever so that that sounds good. So for those musicians who have already tried it out or are just very familiar with four track recorders, do you have any pro tips that they could apply using Spire? Sure. Just in terms of basic use of our app, there are a couple of things that are a little bit hidden that you wouldn't necessarily expect if you're used to working with other four track recorders or even just voice recorders. So on the screen, when you get in, it'll default to your recording screen. You'll see the big red button at the bottom, and it'll encourage you to record your first track. 
after you record that first track and you hit stop, it will automatically move up to the second lane. So it will constantly move up and then everything will gray out when you max out at your four tracks. That said, there's a mixing screen and you'll see the little fader icon. And what that does, what's important to remember there is that it defaults to center. So your electronic musicians are going to be very familiar with the term XY pad. For those that are not, and I'm not one of those because I'm a vocalist. So I'm usually the hired gun that comes into the studio to help that EDM track come to life. So this was new technology for me as a vocalist. But when you get to your mixing screen and let's say you have recorded all four tracks, you'll see a single dot in the center. Start moving that dot away and you'll see all four of those dots revealed. And what that means is that we've built the technology to default to a really nice center. And if you're familiar with volume going up and down, so that's the way that XY pad works. You've got up and down for your volume and then left and right for panning. So if you understand some basic mixing ideas and concepts, you can sort of push some of that percussion over to the left and maybe back down that secondary harmony vocal a little bit over to the right, but lower in volume. So you can actually control your mix in a really visual way. The second thing to note there is that there's an input mic screen on that same mixing page. So a loud live band that's got crunchy electric guitars will probably want to bring their input level down. You'll see that it'll clip, you know, do a simple sound check to understand where it's at. And this goes for even dialogue too. Sometimes it's a little too low. Sometimes the mic input is set at too high. So it's important to do a little bit of a sound check. And we had um, we had a great conversation with one of our internal salespeople here. She's an amazing bass player. And she had said that in order for her to catch the right frequencies for her bass tone, she always needs to make sure and do a sound check with that mic input level. So there's a fast tip for everyone there. You know, I'm actually doing everything that you explain right now on my uh, on my Good. Spot. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some uh, you know drafts uh, saved, and I've just been doing going through it really visual, like with me knowing next to nothing about this stuff and just I kind of get it. So it's good. Yeah, yeah, that uh, does make sense. Are there any uh, recommendations in, in terms of how to like place the phone or is it one of the really dumb questions that I could ask? I guess any musician knows how to place <laughs> a microphone, yeah? Okay. I think the difference there, and it's not a dumb question at all, it's really just to have everyone else in the room start playing and just watch that input level. See where, you know, if you turn the mic, if the microphone on the phone is actually up against a wall, it will end up taking sound that reflects off of that wall. Sometimes that's better, sometimes that's worse. It depends on the frequencies that you're dealing with. So when I say that, imagine electric guitar in a metal band versus bossa nova jazz band. So your tonalities are going to be a little bit different. Sometimes it's going to take a little bit of trial and error just to see how it sounds. But if all you're doing is recording something rough and scratch-like, and Spire was really built to be that scratch pad where you could work on ideas. But we obviously love it when people say, well, I want to record my whole demo on this thing. Rock and roll. Let's do it. So yeah, some trial and error there. But I'd say, you know, place the phone in the middle of the room. If your drummer is the loudest person on the face of the planet and has a 27-inch china like I once had, you probably want to sit it closer so that it gets as much of the rest of the group <laughs> in a balanced fashion as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Now, yeah, well, thanks for, for explaining. And, and, and there is, uh, so speaking of the features, yeah, so there is quite a lot of things and, and metronome as well, right? Yep, there's a metronome and... You'll notice when you get to that metronome screen, so if you're playing in 4-4, four, 3-4, four, 6-8, four, my favorite, 
<laughs> or quarter time, you'll notice that on the left side underneath the triangle of the metronome, there's an on-off switch. That's how you toggle if you would like to hear the metronome while you're recording. And again, I always encourage people to use headphones because if you don't use headphones while you're recording, and let's say it's either playing the metronome or it's playing any of the other tracks that you've already done, you'll get what's called phasing. And the audio sort of gets this weird digital crunchy artifactiness to it. I'm really speaking technical here. Can you hear that I'm the creative strategist and not an audio engineer? (laughs) 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 But that's a help. So that, you know, if you really wanted to write something in a waltz and get that vocal down or get that guitar like perfect, just make sure you turn off or on in order to get back to your recording screen and hear that as your click track. Yeah, well, yeah, that that makes sense. So in in something uh, good to know, can you mention any other features that you are about to add to the app in the newest future that you can reveal, of course, or nothing in particular just yet? We're working on social sharing. That's really the next thing. So right now we can email, we can text, we can move to storage device, but we don't actually have anything built in there so that you could ship what you record to Facebook directly, for example. But who would host the audio? You, so you would handle that as well? That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's part of what we're working out. Okay. So there's some investigation happening. And okay. then we're also talking to current users to find out, like, is that definitely a need or do people just want to take this track, end up working with it more on their computers in a traditional DAW before they pump it out to SoundCloud or Facebook or whatever the case may be? Yeah, because initially SoundCloud was kind of designed to be the place uh, to share rough recordings and so on. I mean, things mm-hmm. are somewhat changing these days, but still a lot of musicians I know use it for drafts. So I guess it's sort of an, an easy way to export to SoundCloud would also be helpful. Oh, yeah. Like in any case, if it's easy to even just email the recording, it's already uh, quite good and helpful. Right. And that's actually, that's a good point. We have our own SoundCloud page and we have a group that if any of your listeners are recording with Spire, they can add a track to our Tracks Made with Spire SoundCloud group. We're always looking to share with the world what other musicians have been making with the app. That's a good tip, actually. So, uh, I mean, any additional opportunities for musicians are always good. So uh, if a listener knows that they may not just try the app out, but actually use it for something cool and then... Uh, they have a very real chance to be noticed by you by using a hashtag or, or mentioning on, on uh, any of your social media profiles. And then, I mean, it's, it is very helpful, I think. Agreed. And all of our hashtags and all of our uh, social media handles are made with Spire. So if you tag us or you find us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, YouTube as well, everything is made with Spire. Yeah, that's good. And uh, yeah, once again, I'm linking to to the app in the uh, show notes. And uh, so uh, just a general question. Uh, I'm curious if you've seen uh, any interesting uh, patterns uh, among the musicians who you've worked with when you started working on Spire specifically. And you've been, I guess you've been browsing for quite a lot of different uh, profiles of uh, bands and musicians in different genres and of different scale, I can imagine. Mostly yeah. indie, maybe some bigger, some smaller. So, uh, I mean, I'm just curious to to see if uh, you see any particular patterns with uh, the 
social media presence and activity. So, so for example, because I know this is extremely general question, something that we've been discussing inside the Whispin community lately is uh, keeping this balance of uh, audio-related and music-related content versus lifestyle content that can really go viral on Facebook, for example, which is all about entertainment. So have you seen any, anything interesting? Maybe you see that uh, musicians start talking about their lives and random stuff more than just music or it's just anything else. It's just, it was one example. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great question because there's been more and more happening. I feel like as the different social media channels, especially Instagram have gotten, I don't know, they've all grown up in a sort of way, right? And Twitter's really figured itself out and they're, they're good for a lot of different things. And Facebook is, which is different than what YouTube is, than different than Instagram. What I've been watching a lot of, and I'm a one-woman show for this fire team on the marketing side of things. So I've got my hands in lots of social media presence. If you're interacting with Made with Spire on any of our social media channels, you're probably interacting with me. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> Good to know. But that said, we have literally a dedicated Spire phone here at Isotope. It is a fabulous, gigantic six plus that I use to tweet and Instagram and you know interact with people all the time. And one of the things I keep seeing over and over again, especially on Instagram, is that behind the scenes, like the reality of musicians, whether they're Taylor Swift or it's SNL, Billboard has been doing a really nice job with this. Billboard's downfall, in my opinion, for Instagram is that they'll post five or six different posts on Instagram right in a row. So you'll just get hit and then you'll keep scrolling, scrolling and like, come on, Billboard, give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been really interested in watching and seeing these teeny tiny little videos where people are filming what's on their screen, even if they're not live musicians. I work with a group called Arclight and Arclight is a team of two brothers and they're EDM musicians and they're amazing and they're just constantly working in their studio, but they'll film whatever they've got up and running on their jaw at the time and play it back and interact with the audience and ask for opinions or, you know, it's just like a case of the Mondays and it's a little inside joke. But that behind the scenes story is so interesting to just see how people work and really start to understand like, what's their life like? That's what we all want to know as famous musicians up against, you know, the average Joe, you hear these stories about Blake Shelton being a really nice guy. I want to see that picture of him driving around in his dusty pickup truck, (laughs) you know? So it's been really interesting to see how Spire can play a part within basement practice sessions and just providing that additional little tidbit of audio where you hear the band talking in the background or this vocalist that's about to work on a track that ended up coming up with something late at night or whatever the case may be. It's been really Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good point about uh, how your app fits uh, this type of content that has been uh, really popular among bands fans for some decades now. So even before the internet era, <laughs> wanted to know what's going on behind the scenes. And now it's easy. And, and even for indie artists, it's really a good way to also promote themselves. So I, I'm glad that you brought it up. And we've seen how the most popular Instagram photos for some acts are actually from behind the scenes, like from the rehearsal or, or similar or just something lifestyle. So yeah, basically, yeah. So sharing work in progress with Spire may be a very good fit and actually may generate, potentially may generate 
a bit more attention than uh, a finished composition sometimes because right. people love this stuff. They they just we are full of uh, perfection and stuff that um, sounds polished, I guess. So right, and you and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, where you know my husband is a scratch turntablist and follows everything that every DJ in the world, you know, between Cuber to a track, you know, we go to lots of electronic shows together, but he and I were having a conversation that I brought to you, which was that some of these electronic artists are getting a lot of flack for having ghostwriters or people just not trusting that their music is actually created by them. And that they get to this point where, well, is it a machine that's writing the songs or is it actually so-and-so writing the songs? So I wonder if this authentic behind the scenes moment within the social media and just showing your work in progress also gives you that extra trust from your fans to just know like, oh, this is amazing. Like he's actually writing in the living room right now. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear where that falls into the track later. Or maybe that's the next piece of content that pops up is there's either a video or it's even, I love how in SoundCloud you can tag, and I think Reverb Nation does this too, where you can add a comment at any point in the song and be like, oh, this part is really cool. If that artist tags their own content to be like, remember from the last week, that practice session actually, here's the guitar lick that I had worked on right here so that they can point out, you know, this is the process that brought this to fruition. Right. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And uh, indeed, it's, uh, yeah, it's not all the in, only engaging to to show this process, but uh it's also, yeah, provide some uh, some sort of a proof and uh, doing some live streaming with tools like Periscope right. is a good idea. We've seen some interesting uh, examples of that. Okay, so I think the listener has enough information to be convinced to try Spire out. It just makes sense. And if you're performing, recording, artist you can just give it a try if it's not your thing like it's free you don't risk anything but it's really interesting product and to you i just appreciate all the insights and i want to ask if you have anything else to share with uh, our listeners at this moment i would say one last little pro tip that i forgot to mention earlier is that when you get into the recording screen of spire so what it sort of defaults to What I ended up using during Girls Rock Camp, actually, we sort of divided and conquered this little band of amazing musicians. They were all 12 and they killed it. We got to a point in the songwriting process where the vocalist and the guitar player needed to go off and finish writing the song structure and the lyrics and the melody. But we had had the intro, the pre-chorus, the chorus, and the verse sort of already laid out. It was just a matter of figuring out what order they wanted things to go in and then nail down those vocals. So Inspire, on that recording screen, I ended up recording each of those four parts. I'd mute, you know, the ones that we didn't need to hear and then take in that audio. And there's a looping function. So if you look at the bottom of the transport, which has that big red button at the bottom, there's a little circle with two arrows. That's your looping ability. So if you turn that on to any of your audio tracks and you want to just keep working on a new solo or you have an idea for a verse or whatever the case may be, you can loop any of those four tracks and just let it keep playing over and over and over again. So once we recorded all four of those parts, the guitar player and vocalist left the room. And then I ended up working with the keyboardist, the bass player, and the drummer to tighten up those parts. Wow, so just some yeah, yeah that sounds quick cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, perfectly makes sense. And uh, yeah, that's a good one. Do you have uh, any kind of a page where you list some tricks and maybe just uh, frequently asked questions uh, section just yet? Not yet, but that's an excellent idea. We've been talking about putting together some videos also with just quick walkthroughs, but putting together some quick tips is not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, it just, uh, I think it's, it would be pretty popular. But anyway, we'll keep an eye on everything that happens around the app. We definitely like it here and I want to uh, test it out myself as well. And um, thank you. I really appreciate your time and uh, everything that you've shared with us. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. I really appreciate it. And the social media handle and the website is madewithspire.com. It's free. Search for Spire Recorder on iTunes App Store and you should find it right away. So yeah, all clear. The links are in the show notes once again. And uh, Stacey, thank you so much once again. All right. Take care, Andrew. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot to Stacy once again and uh, you, dear listener, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Let us know. You can drop me an email, andrew at wispin.co. You can hit me up on Twitter at MetaAndrew. Uh, and of course, feel free to leave a comment on SoundCloud if you are listening to this conversation, uh, to this episode there. And um, yeah, so uh, check out the show notes for the links and more information. Really curious to see how uh, uh, you use the app. So it kind of makes sense to share an interesting uh, uh, case study if you've got one with uh, us as well as Isotope. And just one little thing, uh, just a little reminder related to this podcast, uh, we still need more uh, reviews on iTunes um, and it's an ongoing request that I've got. I know that this is kind of a blunt request, but we really need more reviews and need more ratings on iTunes to be noticed by other musicians. So this is how uh, the platform works basically so uh, uh, when when you uh, leave reviews then uh, uh, if the, there are high chances that other musicians and uh, people interested uh, in the topics that we cover on Wispin Recipes will uh, find uh, the uh, this podcast so it's, it's hugely appreciated and uh, you can also get a really cool exclusive uh, postcard sent to your address if you spend a minute rating the podcast and leaving a review, find out more details at getacard.wispin.co. Uh, if you already did fill out the form, then uh, expect a card soon. It, it, it took us a while to, to start sending those, um, so apologies for that. But yeah, so it's, it's right there, getacard.wispin.co and thank you so much for your support and uh, listening to the show. Till next week, thank you. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin 12.